We're excited about this year's PMD and our theme, Abide in Me. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. We'll be talking about abiding in the Lord so that we can bear his fruit in our parishes, our communities, and the world through dedicated discipleship, creating intentional communities of service to God and neighbor. A continuation of the stewardship initiative from the last few years, and we hope to build upon what we've learned and experienced this past year. Of course, the best person to speak to this is a priest who has dedicated his last several years of his life to this ministry. So please help me welcome Father Mark McCormick. I'm not sure if you had a chance to grab your um, stewardship prayer, prayer of a faithful steward. If you do, let's just pray that together as we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, most generous and loving Father, So the next two days, we're going to move stewardship forward in our diocese, beginning with our very selves, right? We move it into our families, we move it into our parishes, we, and we move it in, into our diocese. Uh, Bishop Bruce has, has called this uh, stewardship uh, initiative uh, that, it, that we might awaken the spirit of the living Christ within us. Again, that theme, abide in me, taken from John 5. Those who abide in me and I in them, I bear much fruit. You and I can do nothing without a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ in our lives. That Christian steward that we've been uh, learning about, the Christian steward is one who receives God's gifts uh, gratefully. We have to have this generous and grateful heart, cherishes, tends in a responsible and accountable manner, shares them in justice and love with others and returns them with an increase to the Lord, right? We're always, always supposed to give back to what you and I have received. How grateful are we? The Christian steward is one who has a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, who is alive. Stewardship begins inside out, right? It begins with our own heart that you and I might be transformed by his presence. Remember pastoral ministry days in 2013, Father Darren Gurf from Winnipeg, Canada, uh, shares this uh, image of stewardship with us. I think this uh, image, is it, oh, is it on? Whoops. There it is. Ah, that will help me. Ah, great. So, so right, this image, I think, has been uh, uh, etched in my own mind and, and memory, Bishop Bruce uh, separated stewardship from development because he didn't want to see stewardship simply as that of treasure, right? That of money, but there's much more to stewardship than that treasure piece. Although treasure is a part of it, it's a big part of it, right? Because when you have encountered the person of Jesus Christ, when you have been touched by his grace, his love, and his mercy, it all belongs to him, right? Right? Our treasure, our possessions, all that stuff, right? It is all his, right? As we read in Galatians uh, 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives uh, in me. 
And in the life I now live in the flesh, I live in the faith and the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, right? And so this is the steward that we give ourselves to one another out of faith, out of this gratitude of hearts. I think there are many of us, including myself at times, that still don't get it, right? I want to be all in, right? I want to give my heart to the Lord, but there's still areas of my heart that he doesn't have control of because there's still some buts. Lord, you can have but this part of my life, but this, this part, right? I, I think we all struggle, but all, we all want to be in, right? We all want to give our, our heart to the Lord. And, and it's a gradual process. Sometimes we live a life of stewardship that's incomplete, An incomplete vision of, of stewardship. But in the end, stewardship is about the cross. If you wish to come after me, you must, must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. For if you wish to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, it will, you will save it. Luke 9, 23 to 24. Suppress the cross in our life and everything crumbles. The cross, the crucifix, is the structure. It is bore the Savior. It bears salvation. And so it must bear us also in our works, in our ministries. You can never look at the cross without seeing Christ. It was interesting. In February, I was at a vocation uh, conference uh, meeting, uh, uh, vocation directors in our region, right? And we were kind of sharing with one another some of the joys and struggles of our ministries. And they were talking about how hard it is to be intentional when you invite young men to the priesthood, right? You kind of got to get out of the rectory. You got to get out and start making connections. And one vocation director said, I, I, yeah, I just don't want to work that hard. I just don't want to work that hard, right? But sometimes to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is hard work, right? Even in marriages. Some marriages say, yeah, I don't want to work that hard in this relationship, right? Or even in the jobs that you have, yeah, I don't want to work that hard, right? I don't want to work that hard in this relationship, in this ministry, right? Pope Francis said to two point, two point uh, some million young people last summer in World Youth Day Poland, he said that the Lord Jesus Christ is not that of comfort and ease, but he is the Lord of risks. He is the Lord of eternal more. He says that we got to get off the couch, right? we got to trade in our, our, the couch for a pair of walking shoes. And it is those walking shoes that will lead us to, un, to new and uncharted paths. To live this life of stewardship demands that we get off the couch and we give, begin to abandon our lives to Christ. Father Jean Ebe in his book, I Believe in Love, says this, we open our arms to him, yet we close the door of our intelligence, of our will, of our heart, by not living in this abandonment. We, uh, we bid him come, but we do not permit him to enter. But if in receiving him, we grant him by, perf by perfect abandonment all the controls, all the keys to the house, that he may enter, that he may be the master of our lives. We give him full liberty with our hearts to act and he says that, oh, what marvelous will his uh, omnipotent uh, power to accomplish in our souls in the service of his love. Some of you heard me talk about this before, but there's a guy named Father Bedard who, who's from Ottawa, Canada. And he was a high school teacher for many years, 
20, 25 years, and then they moved him out of the high school that kind of got under his goat a little bit, right? Because he wanted to stay teaching, right? And when he, they removed him from teaching, then he kind of became a curmudgeon, right? He became this critical guy, right? And they put him in a parish. And one day, sitting in this parish that he couldn't stand, right? He hated the parish they assigned him to, right? And he was celebrating a, a Sunday Mass at church, right? And all of a sudden, he says, if I just fall over dead right now, right? If I just fall over, they're going to call the ambulance, right? And they're going to come and get me. And they'll say, this parish is too stressful. We've got to put him back in the high school, right? Where he's, he's good, right? And then all of a sudden, in that moment, he heard the Lord Jesus Christ speak to his heart, and the Jesus said to him, will you write me a blank life with your check? Will you write me a check, a blank, you know, that you lay it all on the line. You give me your whole heart, right? I give you a check and you write it all, right? It was in that moment, it was in that moment of grace when he decided to give his whole life to Christ in a way he never has before, right? So he started meeting with high school kids and college kids. And he began to break open the word. The word began to transform their hearts. Right now, he formed a group called the Companions of the Cross. The last 30 years, they have 43 priests and 28 seminarians. It's amazing when you give your heart to Jesus Christ and you get off the couch and you let him in. When you no longer say, I don't want to work that hard. Discipleship, stewardship is about a lived relationship. And it's not easy. It's difficult. The more you and I give our heart to him, Right? The more he opens our heart, the more we can do for the body of Christ. Stewardship, we see, is a way of life. A what? Stewardship is not a program. A what? So stewardship is not a program. Even though some authors might say stewardship is a program, it's a way of life, right? And at the heart of it is Jesus Christ. We are aligned to Christ in our mission. We began with this hospitality. We moved into lively faith. And now we're entering into uh, dedicated discipleship. We began here. But it discontinues, right? And it continues till you and I die, right? And even when we die, we have eternal life, right? And so this program, it's not a program. It, it never ends this relationship uh, with Christ. We say stewardship fundamentally is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When the Holy Spirit is active, right, when we invoke the Holy Spirit, when we pray that the Holy Spirit will fall afresh, fall afresh upon us, right, then you and I become these instruments of grace, good news of stewardship, are always joyful bearers of the good news. And this stewardship uh, uh, in our diocese is aligned with our sacred mission, Right? We, uh, the Diocese of Rapid City, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are called to attract and form intentional disciples who joyfully, lovingly, boldly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ. It's about a relationship that's alive. Today we're going to be, begin to talk about this discipleship. Discipleship, the two words. Disciple means the one who is a, one who's learns, one who's a student. You and I are lifelong st students, right? We never stop learning. We never stop growing. And ship is that condition implying a skill that there's an art to being a disciple of the Lord, right? There's an art to it. There's a practice to it. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. They had brought their boats to the shore and left everything and followed him. 
Sherry Waddell talks about the image of dropping the nets. It is a decision, a decision motivated by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. It comes from within. The decision to get off the couch, to put on these walking shoes that Pope Francis talks about is about dropping this net. And when you drop the net, when you let go of the butts in your life, there's a hunger and thirst for holiness, to live a life of virtue. Dropping the net comes from a desire to worship the Lord Jesus Christ in spirit and truth, to have an active life with the Blessed Trinity, in which we give our whole heart, soul, and mind to that of Christ. You remember this slide here? <laughs> what would Jesus do, right? How many of us wore those bracelets? But it's not what Jesus, it's not, that's not it, right? It's what did Jesus do, right? We, we know what Jesus did, right? And are you doing what Jesus did? Are you living his life? And we're going to learn about these marks uh, of discipleship. And I just want to uh, talk about one briefly, right? He studied and meditated on the word. I don't know if you know Angela Weber, right? She was just diagnosed with breast cancer, right? And there's, this, there's a thing that goes like this. No Bible, no breakfast. Ready? Repeat after me. No Bible, no, no breakfast, right? One more time. No Bible, no Bible, no bed. Ready? One more time. No Bible, no breakfast. No Bible, no bed. One more time. No Bible, no breakfast. No Bible, no bed. So when she was diagnosed with cancer, right? The night she was diagnosed with cancer, she was at a loss. She was frustrated. Lord, Lord, right? So she picked up her Bible, right? She began to pray to the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit would give her one word or phrase that would give her comfort and peace. This is lively faith. This is a dedicated discipleship. And the, and the word that gave to her, when she opened the Bible, it fell upon uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13. And this is what it says. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation, no temptation has overtaken you. Uh, that is, is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your strength. But with temptation will always provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. This word is alive. But if you never read it, if you never open it, if you never talk to it, feelings, thoughts, and desires, then we're ones who simply stay on the couch and our faith never comes alive. Stewardship just becomes a program rather than a way of life. 